Welcome to the Laughing Monkey Music Show tonight, Mike. How you doing, man? I'm excellent, man. How are you? Good, good. Mike is from Steel City. Got a new album out to promote, so we're going to talk a little bit about the album. We're going to talk a little bit about Mike and his, his history. So, you've been in playing probably for many years. When um, when did you first start playing? Like, Wow. I first, uh, I first started playing guitar at 13. I think it was in the se- seventh grade, and um, something that I always wanted to do, I just moved to Ohio, and uh, they had a, you know, a guitar program at, at our school and just one thing led to another, of course. And I just, I really wanted to play badly. I wanted to be like my heroes of the day. Ace Fraley was my guy and I wanted to be the, you know, the next Ace Fraley. So that's how I started. And then um, of course through high school and uh, later, you know, out of high school, just played local bars and things like that in and around the Youngstown, Ohio area, which is where I was born. Very cool. So, you were actually mentioning earlier, so you know some of the same uh, people I do in my area, um, Jimmy Bell, and talk about, yeah. so, so you have a drummer, and you have a drummer coming, actually, that's a pretty interesting uh, story, so you want to share with me? Yeah, uh, well, you know, we had, you know, Steel City, uh, on the first album called Fortress, we had a different band lineup, and it included some uh, really good friends of mine from my hometown, and those guys, um, you know, Scott West was our bassist, Ron McCloskey was our drummer, and of course, we all have real jobs as well. And Scott got promoted at his job. And those those two were kind of like a package deal. So as they exited, our old label, Kibble Records, asked us if you know we'd be interested in having BJ Zampa play drums on the album. And of course, the answer was a resounding yes. And um, I hope I'm not getting off track. I no, 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 that's actually, that. it's just, no, it's about the album. It's about music. Here's about music. If you're talking about cooking or sewing, I'll push you back on track. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, so, you know, BJ ended up uh, coming on board when, you know, the label reached out to him and asked him to, you know, be a part of the band. And mm-hmm. he, you know, played, you know, he played drums on the album, did a phenomenal job. And, you know, uh, you know, again, kudos to our old label, Kibble Records, for, you know, kind of assembling the new Mach 2 lineup with Jason Cornwell on bass, Roy Caffey, of course, is our, is our lead singer. And then Tony Stahl was our holdover on keyboards. Uh, we all met <laughs> for the first time when we played the new England rock fest in 20, uh, 2019, you know, we walked in to do our photo shoot and here we are, you know, meeting each other for the first time. Hey, how you doing? It was, it was kind of fun, but yeah. And, you know, through, you know, you know, through talking and working with BJ, I've had the good fortune of, you know, I've talked with Jimmy Bell on the phone a few times, uh, you know, and you meet people. It's just amazing how you meet people through music. You know, you go to the NAMM show and you end up running into a bunch of people that you either, you know, you grew up and idolized and these people end up becoming, you know, acquaintances and friends of yours. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, really, it's kind of fun. It's, it's it is, cool it's, stuff. The music industry the, the, is actually a lot nicer than, you know, the, the, the people are, maybe not the, not the business part, but the people. The yeah. musicians and the artists are very kind. It's a very nice bunch, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the, so the drummer, is he is actually a full-time drummer now or do you just come in for the album? He came in for the album, and of course, we're working. We're going to be working, uh, probably not in 2021, but 2022 on a on a follow up album. And of course, BJ, you know, I've already talked to BJ about it, and he's interested in doing the, in that album as well. So, hopefully, so he's got other commitments though. He's in other bands, so we'll see how that shakes out. But one yeah, a, lot, so. a lot of guys are in a lot of bands, like like Jimmy. Jimmy's in. Yeah. He's in, Jimmy's in autographed. He's in uh, House of Lords. Mm-hmm. He's in a Deep Purple band. He's in. I, don't know, I can't remember all of them. I, I can't know. remember my kids' my kids' names. So, so and you know. all of those bands that you mentioned, BJ's mm-hmm. in as well. 
So. Oh, okay. So they're all yeah. like a team. Where are you based out of? What state are you guys based out of? That's a good question. We are actually based out of five states, five guys, five different states. I'm uh, in Los Angeles, California. Yeah. Uh, Jason, Jason is kind of like the bi-coastal guy. He rotates between Boston, Massachusetts and Los Angeles because he's also in another band based in LA called Westbound, um, which features Chaz West on lead vocals. Then uh, Tony, of course, is in New York. BJ's in Connecticut and Roy is, uh, as he calls himself, the mouth of the South. He is based in North Carolina. So, oh, which makes sense why you end up in the New England Metal Fest there. Yeah, absolutely. I was like, and, how do you end up over here? <laughs> yeah. Like, again, you know, a lot of that had to do with our old label. Uh, and since we've come aboard with Paris Records, you know, things have kind of really shifted in a different direction. We've been very fortunate to, uh, you know, Tom Mathers and Paris Records has done so much for us. We can't, mm-hmm. you know, can't thank the guy enough. And I think, you know, we've got some you know, really good things going on with, with, with him. And uh, also we ended up signing with Bradley Entertainment, which is also an East Coast, East Coast based entertainment company. So our shows will probably end up being a lot more on the East Coast than they are out here uh, in Los Angeles. Nice. Yeah, you, you said you opened for like a couple of good, good bands too, some bigger bands. Who, like, uh, is it Firehouse? Uh... Yeah, we we were on the same bill as uh uh, I think Firehouse would be one, Tora Tora, the Bullet Boys. Uh, you know, they they were all essentially at the same festivals that we played at. Uh, trying to think, Roxy Blue would be another one who's also signed to Bradley Entertainment. Mm-hmm. We were actually supposed to do a show where we were going to be direct support for Roxy Blue, and the show got canceled due to COVID, mm-hmm. which was kind of a bummer. But we were really looking forward to that. And uh, I think Janet Gardner from Vixen is another. Mm-hmm. And there's a few, there's, there's quite a few. Uh, that we've you know bands that we've played with as far as like the name acts so to speak but we've been very fortunate in that regard it's you know it's kind of helped us get our name out there a little bit quicker than uh, I think even we anticipated um, some of the other bands that we love to play with though uh, we have got some good friends in bands like the rumors the great affairs and um, also uh, another band that's uh, also under the Bradley entertainment uh, I guess uh, family tree would be wild America uh, those guys are also really good the rumor is actually going to be coming on soon. Oh, really? Yeah. Those guys are, oh my gosh, you're yeah. good, good luck. They're a blast, man. Especially the and, girls. Uh, Those guys are hilarious. I, yeah. I insisted all, I want them all together. I don't want just to do one. I want to, I want, I want, I want, I want, the, I want the whole atmosphere of the gang. I, I, you know, after seeing their stuff, I'm like, I need you guys all together. Oh yeah. Good. Um, good luck with that. And tell them all I said, hello. Love those well, guys. I will. I will. Um, I, I think what, what's cool about you say with the, the name Max is, in his, in his genre of ours growing up how many bands did you see and you see like oh you know back at the on Jovi you're like oh there's some band Cinderella opening up usually the opening slot is such a good sign mm-hmm. you know because the opening slot usually gets a real good shot with the fan same fan base you know what I mean right and this in, in rock it's usually way more accepted too so it's not like you're like opening up for the stones <laughs> and I and I park and don't know who the hell you are like it's like literally it's like yeah. oh this is our, our music. Oh, they're pretty good. Who are they? I think they're there. Yeah, you know, still city, like kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah, we've been, like I said, we've been really fortunate because we've opened up with bands that are, that were oftentimes compared to within our genre. You know, when mm-hmm. the first album came out and even with the second one, one of the bands that we compared, get compared to quite a bit is actually Firehouse, which I consider a huge compliment. Um, so to actually end up playing shows with bands like that is a huge help for us. And to be signed to somebody like Bradley Entertainment is also a huge help for us because he books bands like that. And we're going to have the opportunity to play with bands like that. Like, 
like I said, man, we were so, uh, we were really, we were just kind of down when, when that, that, uh, the gig got canceled with, um, Roxy Blue, because that was a great opportunity for us. But yeah, I would say we were just really down when, uh, the the thing fell through with Roxy Blue, because that's, that's such a great opportunity for us because it's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a similar type band, but you know, opportunities come and go, man. And we just keep looking forward to getting more and more of them. I mean, the COVID crushed everybody. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of, <laughs> crushed everybody across the board. So, yeah, maybe just a little, just a little bit. The music industry. So, your your, your um, your album. What, so when you wrote the album, so obviously, guys, how did you write it? If you guys are all over the place and, and get together to record, it always surprised me when the bands are everywhere. I remember the days you know, it would be in the same room in the same garage. Yeah, you always hear those stories about like Richie Sambora and John Bon Jovi sitting in like. Uh, one of their parents' house and writing the album together or whatever. And I, I would love to have that opportunity. I really would. Uh, for, for us, you know, uh, for better, for better or worse, man, I wrote the album. Um, and the one great thing about it is, you know, when, when I write the lyrics and I write the music, I share it with the guys, I demo everything out myself. And then I share it with the guys and it's up to them at that particular point to put their own spin on it. Like, for instance, what ends up happening is our, our producer is Ty Sims, you know, uh, our producer and mix engineer is Ty Sims. What I'll do is I'll send everything to Ty. He'll strip it down to basically my guitars, sends everything over to BJ, BJ cuts the drums. And then it'll of course go to Jason where the, the bass gets thrown on. And then we do Roy's vocals, then the backing vocals and the keyboards, but everybody has their input based on the demo that they've heard they kind of have like a little bit of a guide track, but they okay. can put their own spin on it. Roy's actually you know, called me a few times. And he's like, Hey Mac, I hope you don't mind, but I'd like to change the words here and there. Mm-hmm. Go for it, man. You know, this is a collaborative effort. Everything that we do is a team effort. And uh, that's the only way it's going to come out the way it should. You know, if you, if you push anything, you know, with an iron fist, it just, it doesn't work out because nobody really wants to be involved with that. So that's kind of how it works out, you know, I guess to circle back to your question, how does it happen? It's true. I mean, cause I know like when I used to play in high school bands, when I used to sing in high school bands, it was always about garages and stuff. And I'm like, mm-hmm. so it was never big, but I always thinking about like, I couldn't imagine. It was so hard just to get together to play when you're local. I couldn't imagine organizing some kind of media thing to coordinate an album, to, to make that communication back and forth. It would probably make me crazy. So, uh, and so props to you and, and to your producer and the mixer, because the coordination of that is just and actually the album has a really good sound too so uh the whole production is really good so so uh yeah well ty sims ty sims and eric johnson are are like that's our that's our production team and eric is really responsible for like what i would do is like you know of course i'd have like some some backing vocals that i had ideas for and eric might listen to that and be like that sounds good let me just go ahead and you know uh see what i can do with that sometimes because eric pretty much between Eric and Roy, quite honestly, those are the backing vocals. And um, sometimes he would just shift things a little bit and change the, you know, change the melody and it would just change the song. It was amazing. Um, and I lost track there. So I'm so sorry. Like I said, sometimes. No, no, I... no, 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 it's, it's about, it's, it's actually about the song. It's, um, I want to talk about yeah. the songs and the, the process and the album. I mean, that's, it's all a journey. If but those, those, shows, it's all a journey. But those guys, man, with, you know, the production of the album is top shelf. And to me, you know, as you know, Ty and Eric, they might as well be, you know, Mutt Lang of this era or the Ted Templeman of this era. You pick a, a very, you know, a great name producer, you know, Ty's been on a lot of albums that I don't think a lot of people re- 
he's produced a lot of stuff that even a lot of people might not realize unless they're people that actually buy the CD, look at the CD and his, you know, you've got guys like him and like Johnny Lima, uh, who is also, a, you know, a, an incredible solo artist in, in and of himself. These guys are able to do what a lot of the name guys can do. And they, they, they do just as good a job, except they just, you know, they don't kill your bank account to do it. Yeah. Cause it, it is, it's, it, it, the album holds its own with, with, you know, mm-hmm. Absolutely. you know, you never, you never know. I mean, unless you know, the thing, times have changed too. Even bigger artists are recording differently, so it's always interesting mm-hmm. to see what, oh yeah, what the quality. And sometimes the big albums sound awful, and sometimes the smaller ones, you know, sound great. But, but to this, it, it feels like, you know, this album could have came out a while back, not not dated, but the production. It feels like it's, it's right on par, right? Which is which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, what were you what were you um, using to do your recording on that? What were your your choices of uh, weapons there? Uh, well, I have a home studio, of course. So I just, I run, you know, when I run everything, I run direct and I run through um, Logic, Temp, uh, Logic X, as they call it. Mm-hmm. Um, believe it or not, I just use Easy Mix, which is, a, you know, a very simple software program. Yeah. And then most of the guitars that I use the most, I have a Schechter um, Hellraiser that has a Sustainiac pickup in it. And it really kind of gives you a different added sound and it gives you a little bit more... Uh, punch i guess especially to your soloing in addition to that my other favorite guitar that i use i have a jackson soloist uh it's a 1986 sandemus model it's probably the first real guitar that i ever purchased and the neck on that thing is just so smooth and it makes soloing so easy those are probably my two guitars that i used most in regard to recording the album because you and have then, a certain tone so i was just kind of curious what you're doing if you have it do you have a pedal or anything too i mean it... well no, uh, I, I do have a pedal that I use live. Uh, I, I have a Helix, um, which is a, and when I use my Helix, I run it with like a, a dual amp setup where I run like a Bogner on one side and a Paul Reed Smith on the other. Mm-hmm. And uh, it kind of gives it a really full sound. But Ty, Ty Sims chooses my sounds. Uh, he just asked me. Do you to know what I'm saying? A, you have this album. Your, your, your oh, guitar yeah. has a nice, you have a nice tone oh, in this album. You know, he, I, he went with, noticeable. I believe. He went with like a Marshall sounding amplifier on that, if I'm not mistaken. And he was just funny because uh, when he said, just send me a dry signal, I don't want anything else. He said, I will pick your tones. Okay. (laughs) Makes it easy enough for me. And, uh, you know, he does a great job of it, man, because that's, you know, that's the job, uh, you know, not only of a mix engineer, but a great producer. They, they know what sounds good, you know, and uh, I trust Ty uh, and Johnny Lima before him implicitly to pick, you know, really Mm -hmm. good guitar tones and just give me a really well-rounded, uh, sounding album. Yeah, I, I like it a lot. It's it's, it's great. So uh, obviously, mm-hmm. you're on here to encourage. So I encourage people to come out and check it out. Um, let's let's actually talk about the album. Okay. Let's talk about the artwork. Where did the artwork come from? And the, the insignia, the whole or the. Yeah, oh not... yeah, that actually, I reached out to an artist from Italy by the name of Nello Delomo. Uh, Nello does a lot of work for. Um, a lot of a lot of labels you a lot of the stuff you see on frontiers um mm-hmm. a lot of stuff you see on paris what's the name again what's the name again nello delomo oh it's, it's like poetic it's a nice name yeah i've never, I've never hey, heard it before it, i just it just sounds really yeah. nice hey uh, it is uh, me nello okay. delomo but um no he's I like that. he's I like a, that song. a killer graphic artist from italy and um mm-hmm. you know it's you know there's a you know, we just texted back and forth to one another and he asked me what I was looking for. And he would send me a couple of draft ideas of what, what he thought, uh, you know, you know, 
what he thought might be the great concept. for the album, the concept. And we would just kind of refine it, go back and forth, you know, amongst each other, share ideas. And ultimately what you see is what you get. You know, that's, uh, that's all Nello. And he did a fantastic job. He's, he's a great dude. Uh, but I told him I wanted to have something like with the, with the symbol, with the steel city thing. And with the symbol, mm -hmm. I wanted something that kind of was like, kind of like the white snake crest, something that you can easily identify. Like, Oh, you see that WS with the, with the, mm -hmm. uh, you know it's white snake i wanted the same thing with the shield with the s on it to be like steel city and i was looking for something that had like a a templar vibe to it and i think we pulled it off yeah you did it's pretty cool and the ships in it it feels very um it's a very black the blackbirds yeah the black the, the blackbirds represent speed and a shift in direction because again you know we had an entirely different band for Fortress than we did for Mach 2. And so it was a shift in sound because we wanted to go a little bit more, I guess, a present day Europe-y or a little bit more deep purple-like mm -hmm. with, with a lot of the Hammond B3 that Tony threw on there. And Maybe uh, the Mach 2 version too? Mach 2 of Deep Purple? Um, yeah. Mach 2 album, the second version of you guys? Uh, it's a classic. I'm here to ask about when the classic, um, <laughs> you guys are going to get back together again. You know, the first album's the only group for me. Oh no! We're harassing you. No, we're an album in. <laughs> yeah, it's the classic lineup, dude. We need the classic lineup. I'm only yeah. here for the classic lineup, man. This is it's not their oh, same band anymore. To me. Does not that doesn't that drive you crazy when people say that? It's it drives me nuts, especially because they'll say, "Oh, dude, I love Y&T, man." Dave, like I'm just using them as an example. Yeah. Dave Manichetti is the man. Well, Dave Manichetti is the only original member of Y&T, and when I go to see them. I don't care because the music is fantastic and the guys that he has playing in that band are strong musicians well, and they're pressing on and yeah. they're great at what they do. You know, I, I say this people, all the time. People like, move on. Musicians change. Yeah. Like, as I say this all the time, like, you know, you have a job, you don't have the same job, you know, it's like, or it's like, you know, you're married and then when you get divorced and also like what i don't talk to my kids anymore that's my last my last album i don't like you, you it's still a part of who you are and you know and if a band breaks up and it's actually two bands it's like generally it's like oh, like it's two bands are like now i hate when they fight over the name because it's just it's, it's, it's you know kind of stressful for the bands and it's kind of you know muddies the water a little bit but well, i don't think you're ever going to see people. it yeah a battle it, of the, like, you know it is the, what it is man it's like you know like a lead singer leaves a band if the relationship you know, like, I'm not going to mention a name. I already mentioned Y&T, which I probably shouldn't have. But, um, you know, there's like a band where you know, the singer for that band was toxic. The relationship was toxic. Right. And all the fans are like, oh, we need to get back together for the yeah. fans. Well, you know, if you got a divorce from somebody that was absolutely toxic for you, are you going to get right. back together just for the kids? Or are you going to be like, no, the kids are better off with us, at, you know, separate? Yeah. Same thing. Right. I agree. So, I, and, but, and I, you know, I, I don't know. I actually, I like when bands actually do a different album, even if it, even if it stinks. I'm like, mm -hmm. good for you for doing something different if you want yeah. to. Yeah. Oh, I like that. It doesn't mean I like the album. I'm not going to say I like Lulu, <laughs> but good for them for doing it. <laughs> That's like uh, that last, for instance, that last Bullet Boys album was completely different than anything they'd done before, you know, and pe people give them a lot of flack for that. I listened to that album and I thought to myself, That's one hell of an album. I loved it. Excuse me. But I also, I also love the fact that they were able to just, get a little ballsy and try something different. But yeah, I agree with you. I like when people experiment a little bit and they try to go in a different direction. If yeah, you're not, if you're not spreading happy. your wings, you're just, 
you know, if the artist is happy doing also doing a similar thing, I won't. Mm -hmm. That's cool too. I mean, it's all about what the artist wants. I'm not. I'm here just to enjoy it. You know. Um, so you, let's talk about this album because obviously you were the main main songwriter. Let's talk about some of the, the ideas and some of the parts of it. So let's we'll, obviously we'll go through the beginning and the end here. Let's go talk about Hearts on Fire. That song is really just about the, the live playing experience. Um, and it's just about being able to share that, that moment in time with the people that, uh, you know, your fan family, so to speak. You know, it, you're there's a you know when you step out on that stage, there's a, there's a connect you know, a connection. There's a moment there for both of you where you forget about all the crap that divide that divides people, all that BS that you see on social media, anything that's you know just making your life part of my language shit at the moment. It's Actually, it broke up something time. where you guys just connect. You have, it's, it's a <laughs> It's well, yeah, there you go, but no, it's about it's about that connection and just forgetting mm -hmm. everything else and just having that moment together with the people that are there to share music with you. That's it's good so, you have that song because there probably won't be live music ever again, and you can always look back at that and point to it as an example of it. <laughs> well, I'm kidding. It's coming back. It's coming back. I'm we, coming back in a couple really real soon. So that's why I'm joking. It, I'd be crying. Will. And we were very fortunate because you know, like I said, we got to play a few shows and we have pictures of us with our you know we have pictures of us with our with our fans and our friends, which, you know, to us, it's one and the same, you know, and with other band members, you know, we had a blast playing, you know, the live shows that we did. It was really great for us to be able to share that with people. And so like when we did our lyric video, that's what we did. We just shared it, you know, where it was us with all of our friends and family. Dead man. Oh, dead man. Uh, no, sorry. By the way, just for, for anyone who's listening, um, on the uh, on our website on uh, you know www.steelcityband.com, we have a section called Behind the Music, which actually explains all the songs too. So okay. if you want to get a little bit more in depth, there it is. But um, Dead Man's just basically about uh, uh, how could I say it? Being uh, being the rebound. That's really what it's about. If you've ever been, you know, you, you think you meet somebody and this person's all kinds of wonderful to you and you are to them too at first, but they're just, you didn't know. You're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. You're the rebound guy or girl. That's what that song is about. It's about basically falling through the black because you just got to, you know, you kind of got railroaded without even knowing it was coming. That's what that song's about. Good concept. Yeah. So this is, so well, yeah, they, you should, they should check out your website. But us doing this is kind of like the audiobook mm -hmm. version of it. Like when you're too lazy to read the book, you get the audiobook for anyone to work. Yeah, well, so this, that, that's my core audience. We don't read. We don't do arithmetic. <laughs> I don't need to do no arithmetic. I don't need to do that stuff. Roy, no. <laughs> Roy thought that song was about pirates. Roy actually thought that song was about pirates, which I thought that's was awesome. hilarious. Yeah. If I was Roy, I'd be like, I would say, I'd assume every song is about pirates now. That's all I would say. That's is it. Some of your pirate songs. Yes. Yes, it is. Absolutely. Yes, totally. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Steal Your Heart. Oh, gosh. That song was a song. It's a really unique thing about that song. Usually lyrics come first or the music will come first. You know, the, the melody of the song. For some reason or another, I had an idea about a solo, a guitar solo, which never. I'm not the guy that's like, you know, hey, man, just play the guitar solo for me. For me, the songwriting always comes first. But I had an idea for a bridge and a solo, and I built the song around that. And then oh, those, it's usually the lyrics. 
first? Sorry. No, it's it's whichever, you know, sometimes the riff will come first, sometimes the lyrics guitar will come first. players make the riffs first. So or you, you know, usually whatever your whatever your part usually is in the band, the singer, even if they play guitar or don't, they come up with a melody and they, they cowboy chord it out, you know. Yeah, it just um, it just depends on what's going through my head at the time. But like I said, so it was really weird because that song, the bridge and the solo were in my head, and I'm like, okay. And then I built a song around that. And as I was searching for lyrics, I went back and I pulled lyrics from a song that I had written in 1990 because they just absolutely fit. And uh, there it is. It's kind of like a, you know, it's, you know, it's a song that's telling you, man, I'm going to steal your heart. I'm going to make you mine. I'm, you know, there's no let up there. I'm coming for you. Well, it's good. It's good lyrics. It's a good thing you weren't mm-hmm. like that time period doing different kind of lyrics. It's like a rap yeah. album or something. It wouldn't have worked. This is, it fits good. It sounds, I like, I like the lyrics on that song. Um, Thank you. They're all really good. I just like to hear the artist version. You know, mm-hmm. I always the redundancy. Gotcha. I just don't. I, I I don't. I love I love behind the music, so that's why I kind of do this, I guess. Yeah, I'm a sucker for the '80s hard rock and '70s classic rock myself. So yeah, that's my wasted jam. wasted time. Wasted time is just essentially a walk through one's own life. You know, it's a you're born. You go through middle age, you know, you're going through middle age, you go to, and you're at the end. Uh, As you're living your life, the goal is to not waste time. The goal is to reach for whatever it is that you need to reach for, because you don't want to look at, you don't want to look back at your life with regret. And so that's essentially what the song It's a good title. I mean, other bands have had it, but I love, I don't get tired of that title. It's just such a good title. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Actually, you know, the, the birth the life, you know, mid life mm-hmm. growing and then death. I think now it's going to be birth, you know, your middle life, middle life, COVID, and then death. I think it's going to be like a new addition to that <laughs> a little trilogy of things there. Oh, I'm getting sidetracked. Yeah. I cry. This, this is a pirate song, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Every oh, yeah. song on this album is a pirate song. It's oh, true. No, it's this song. song, this song was actually um, written about, um, Again, the funny thing is, is Roy thought this song was written about a lady because it could be misconstrued that way. A lady pirate? When I originally, yes, a lady pirate. Absolutely. But um, the song's actually written about playing guitar. It's about having the guitar in your arms, you know, and, uh, you know, I can't go on living without your love. And it's just, I can't go on without being able to play. A really pretty song. It's one of my, it's one of my favorites off the album on a serious note. So I, I, oh, I, I, joke. I, I, I really like the album. It's, you know, and I, I think, I, that's one of my favorite songs off the album. That, I think that song oh, is probably one of the most the song that's probably like the most Europey, I guess, in the on the album because that's probably one of my favorite bands. And uh, like I said, it, you know, we talked earlier. Uh, Ace Frehley was my dude. Um, as time went on, earlier, stop ruining the third wall. The fourth wall, yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I'd say John Norum is one of the guys that really took over is like my favorite guitar hero, uh, Vinnie Vincent, of course, as well. And I think that song has a lot more of like that mm-hmm. Europe feel, probably more of like the uh, final countdown out of this world era Europe. But yeah, yeah, most definitely. Don't forget, don't forget, if you're talking about Europe, don't forget about Key. Key oh, Key Marcello's, oh, Key Marcello's a badass, dude. I love all those ascending runs that he does. They're amazing. Good he is, God. he is. He's great. Yeah. He will be out today too. We, uh, well, a little love. How about that one? No, you just, a, just a really cool, just a really cool song. Oh, sorry, it's just a sorry. really cool song with a, you know with a, with a with a power pop vibe. I guess um, it's probably one of the most upbeat songs on the album. And uh, it's instead of you know, pe- like I said, people in, today it seems like 
people today it seems like it, they're, they're spreading a lot of, you know, a lot of hate and a lot of division. And the, the key is to remember exactly what we're looking for, which is just to you know, be a little more kind to one another, which is what the song's about. The, the whole album is upbeat. It's very lifting. It's, you know, it's, well, thank kind of, you. It's, 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 it's a good time for it to come out too. You know, this isn't the yeah. summer of love. It's pretty much the, uh, the winter of hate. Winter's coming here. Game of Thrones type of deal. So, it, it's it, it was it was it was nice to put on the first time. For, you know, a nice little spin there. Where you know what I'm saying? Where it's yeah. just like, oh, I don't be angry for five, ten, you know about an hour or five, actually 47 minutes, or I don't have to just enjoy a good rock album. You know, and, and... we donated um, yeah. for that song. Uh, there was a period of time. What we did is we actually donated half of the proceeds that we uh, that we garnered. Uh, and I can't remember what, when the actual time frame was, but we had like a good time frame of like six weeks, maybe almost two months, where we donated like half of the half of the profits of of uh, our sales of everything to um, Wounded Warrior just for that song. Very cool. That's yeah. very it's not a good cause. Mm-hmm. I, I, so if we go through these last couple of songs, I really, I really dig these more. Sure. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know why. Not the other ones are bad. The others are good, but I really, you know, you find songs you like. Everybody digs their own thing, man. It is what it is. And you, yeah. Um, still close to my heart is the other one that I really liked. Oh, that's the uh, as as Jason likes to call it. Jason Jason says that's our Boston esque type of song. It has like a Boston vibe to it. Believe it or not, I wrote that song when I was seventeen years old. Lyrics and everything, uh, and I really never put it on tape, so to speak, until maybe about i guess like the year before uh we actually released the album I it does think. it does feel that and i did kind of hear that in a mm-hmm. good way yeah um, i don't like to, i don't like putting it out there because right here is sometimes different than what other people hear mm-hmm. you know so it's but important to not do that i mean that's one of that's one of uh roy's roy's girlfriend too that's one of her favorite songs on the album so because i like cool. boston so it's good song. oh dude i love boston that first boston album wow and Roy actually sings in a Boston tribute band called Don't Look Back. My gosh. And it, it's like, you, I mean, we all know Roy can sing. And then you go and see Roy sing Boston. And he hits Brad Delp live, note for note, not missing a damn thing, kicking ass and taking names, and you are just floored. It's just amazing. It really is. Awesome. He is Roy's probably one of the best singers out there right now. And my, I'm not saying it just because he's in my band. The guy just has it all. He's got, you know, he's got a good look. He's got stage presence. Most importantly, that dude's got a voice that just never quits. He's amazing. Yeah. No, it, it shows in the album. It's, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, give it back. <laughs> that song was actually, uh, uh, we started, that song was actually something that my friend and I, uh, a high school friend and I, joked about it. It was a song that started out of theft and uh, it evolved into what it is because I told him, I said, you know, one day I'm going to make that song into something I could put on an album. Uh, but because the, uh, the, the lyric was a little bit different, the, the chorus. And, uh, <laughs> but I had a blast making that song. It's really fun because, you know, it starts out with just that slow groove. BJ comes in with almost like that Van Halen-ish hot for teacher vibe and then JC and I just kind of go off and we kind of have that play, you know, uh, where we have that uh, duel, so to speak. With it, one it's another. fun building up to oh, it. So that's probably my favorite song to play uh, live off the album. It's one of my favorite songs on the album. I just, I love that tune. It's a blast. 
and uh, hopefully it has like the Van Halen vibe we were looking for. Um, with when Tony threw the keys on it, I'm like, oh, symphonic Van Halen. Sure, okay, I got it. And uh, yeah, it sounded great. Everybody pushed back on Eddie when he wanted the keyboards, and he sort of knew it was having so. Right, uh, Eddie. Eddie knew it was going on, man. Eddie wanted jump, and no one else did. So I mean, he, so keyboards would be okay. If, yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> jump number one. I think Eddie was right. We'll go with Eddie. Eddie. Right. Yeah. That worked out. Uh, Spotlight. Uh, just a just a great song. It's that song's just all about the groove. It really is. That that song's just all about the the guitar. Riff you don't have to overanalyze every song. I'm just kind of curious. Something I like to like a little story mm-hmm. or something. No worries. Prayer for love is obviously just a small little piece. Nice, pretty. That's something that Tony Tony I asked him to do that right before the song. It was like an intro to Down to One. Mm-hmm. Uh, I asked him, I said, "Dude, just make something beautiful." Okay, sure. And he sends that back to me. And I'm like, wow, it's just perfect. It's, you know, it's simple, it's elegant, and mm-hmm. it really is a nice lead into, into Down to One. Yeah, so Down to One is the, the last song. In the Down closer. to One, probably one of my favorite songs on the album. Uh, and the reason being, the song's pretty much like, uh, it's an open love letter to my wife, is really what it is. Uh, I was ready to move back to Florida at living here in California, and then I met my wife, and my whole life changed. And... Um, the song itself is kind of the vibe on it is if you've ever heard the song uh, by survivor, I'm not that man anymore, where it has like that really beautiful closing solo. That's where that idea came from. You know, I'll give full credit to the guys in survivor for, you know, where I came yeah. up with that idea. And uh, the only thing I did differently is I wanted to throw an acoustic uh, solo in there, which I, I kind of did. And of course, then the, the vibe itself in the song, I got a lot of that from, uh, from, a heart song called desire walks on it's, it's it's always you always draw from your influences and i feel proud to say you know when it, where you know my the vibe comes from i'm not ashamed to say it i don't try to hide anything like that uh like i said probably one of my favorite songs on the album well yeah and, i mean it's, it's influences you know i mean everyone has influences and it's not, absolutely. it's not just i'm not like oh i heard that riff of that song I, there's no stolen riffs it's not like it's a anything no. like that it's just you know Every band's like, you know, Alice in Chains, I listen to Black Sabbath, so you're not going to call them a Black Sabbath band? No, it's nothing like that, but you know there's an influence. It's, okay, they play, you know, you know what I'm saying? So it's, mm-hmm. no, you should never apologize for that unless you're stealing riffs, and then you're in court, Which... then you should apologize. <laughs> That's what yeah. bands you apologize. And you're you know, not the... doing that, so don't worry. <laughs> and you know, the funny thing is, is I don't think, you know, I'm sure some people do, but I don't think most of the people I know don't ever try to intentionally steal anything. It's just, you have to remember, there's only so many notes you know, that you can play and music's been around forever. So something that you play may end up sounding similar to something else. This, they're just wow. facts of life. When you look at like 1999 by Prince and the studio by Phil Collins, there's a correlation and Phil Collins even admits it, you know, so it just happens. Well, the, Beatles, the Beatles wrote every song anyhow. So when, when you go from there, right? They Absolutely. <laughs> they wrote every Absolutely. song. So. Totally. Totally. Is, so I'm glad we went through the album. It's pretty good. So people need to go out and check it out. It's, it's really good another website all the information is gonna be underneath there as usual the usual okay, thing with cool. me you have another project you're also working on too before we wrap things up when we're talking about that what else you got going on yeah you know um it's funny because these things always start out as a as a solo project where it's like i'm going to do some vocals and i'm going to hire some high-pitched singer to sing the songs that i can't sing that's how steel city started mm-hmm. well i reached out to a fellow uh by the name of rob kane who sings for a band called the Apocalyptic Lovers. Also a really killer band, melodic rock band, and people should check them out. And I said, hey, you know, I want to do something that has more of like a Kiss vibe where, you know, we have like, you know, 
everybody in the band gets an opportunity to sing. Mm-hmm. And he said, okay, sounds really great. I'd love to be a part of it. And Rob also plays guitar as well. So he could play rhythm and he could do like dual leads, all this fun stuff. And sure enough, Rob starts singing and two or three songs in. And I'm like, yeah, we, dude, do you just want to, do you want to sing the whole thing? <laughs> uh, and uh, it, we'd also send my vocals to uh, Ty and he would just, Ty would just call me on the phone and say, yeah, he goes, you know, vocals are fine, dude, but um, you're a guitar player and he's a singer. There's a difference. <laughs> So uh, I'm working on something with Rob. Uh, We have yet to title it. Uh, We were about five songs in as far as finished, completed songs. We've got another five to go. And um, it's coming along really great. And we're really excited about it. So we'll probably be releasing that hopefully sometime this year. Is that going to be going off through Paris too? Or is it a separate thing? Or you know, I don't know if we're gonna. I don't know if we're gonna uh, be on Paris or not. I, I haven't really, uh, you know, asked Tom in regard to that. Uh, you know, whether it would be or not, but I'm sure, you know, I might be able to do work something out with Tom. Maybe where he'll just, he'll do some distribution with us or something. But uh, we'll see. I've also been talking, you know, thinking about doing my own thing where, you know, I have my own uh, S corporation where I thought about starting my own label. So who knows? Maybe this will be a good start. You're very good, man. I, I want to thank you, man. It's been, been good. Um, glad you're on the oh, show. Oh, dude, this is absolutely my privilege. I thank you so much, man. It's it's really an honor to be here. No, no pleasure. I mean, it's my pleasure. It's not so big deal. It's just the show's about good music, and you qualified. So it's, it's, it's <laughs> well, thanks. That's that's really good to know. It, the, the checks in good. the mail. Yeah, right. No, seriously, it's a, it's a good album because it feels like you know all your influences on you know it feels like it's a classic rock, but rock album without feeling dated. You know. Yeah, well, I, I that's credit, kind of the balance. Yeah, that's the, that's the key, and I credit Ty to making us not sound dated because if it was up to me, I'd probably sound like something that was released in 1983. But Which Ty, does, I would have loved it. <laughs> Ty does such a great job with the production, though he makes it sound crisp and today. And so we're we're really happy with the album. We're really happy to have the team behind us that we do, and uh, I'm very thankful for all the members of Steel City, both past and present, who've really helped push us forward. And uh, most importantly, I want to thank the people that support us out there in the world, like yourself and all of our fan family, man, because without them, we go nowhere. So oh. that's where the true appreciation lies. Very cool. And we'll have you back again when you have your next album out, too. We'll oh, thank you, man. Much obliged. I totally appreciate you. that. Well, once, you, once you're on, you come back. It's kind of like okay, a cool. disease or something. You don't get rid of Maybe there's a shot for it. I don't know, but I'm not going to tell you. Well, mm-hmm. all right, brother. I want to thank you for being on the show. I appreciate thank you it, so man. much, man. Okay. Take, take care. care. Bye.